0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the seventh episode of the Milano IS radio show. Today, guess what? Giddy's recap is back, and after that, we're moving back to Milan in 1995. Keep listening to find out more. Welcome everybody and welcome back to your daily recap. Today I am joined by Tara. Hi Tara. Hello. Hello, how are you? Who are you? Introduce yourselves to the listeners.
1: Hello, I'm Tara. I'm from Ireland, but I'm currently living in Germany. Um, I'm going to be going home, moving back soon, which I'm excited about to see my friends. I've been part of EYP for about 1.5 years but this is only my second session I've ever done because our national session couldn't go ahead. Cabin 2020 in Ireland couldn't go ahead because of Corona. And this is my first international session and I'm really enjoying it. It's so fun. And
0: this is so exciting and great to hear. What are you doing or what did you do in Germany? So I'm working as an
1: au pair at the moment. Um, I was meant to come over in September But with school exams being delayed and not knowing the story with Corona, um, I delayed
0: it until January.
1: So six months, yeah.
0: Oh, that's so cool. And so you've been taking care of kids of of what age? Yeah,
1: okay. So I've like a little disclaimer, I don't have the conventional normal up-pair job. Okay. (laughs) I have a teenager who's 16 years old. So that's really not the usual op pair job like usually it's kids under the age of 10
0: and more than one person <laughs> but yeah just one girl age 16. So you're pretty close to eight like you're yes almost the same age well not almost but there's not that <laughs> much difference between the two of you. No
1: there's about um, two and a half years I think she just turned right. 16
0: yeah. Okay so you do have a bit of bit of yeah. the upper hand.
1: <laughs> yeah but it's
0: it's like not much. <laughs>
1: yeah, I have friends in Ireland who are her age, so <laughs>
0: Oh that's oh. that's interesting, to say the least. Yeah: <laughs> Anyway, I want to have a quick chat with you about the cultural day since you've been working hard. You've had three days of committee work. Yes, Do you get to enjoy yourself. What was your favorite part of the day? Anything fun, anything that made you laugh? Anything you want to share? Go right ahead.
1: Yes. So I really enjoyed that concert. concert. The music was like so calming and just zen. And then I also really enjoyed the video call we had in the evening with Isaac's study set to write our speeches, but we didn't write any speech. We ended up having a debate about milk. Can fish swim in milk? Sharing our fish and puppy facts and playing some fun games of Gartic Phone. And our one-hour call turned into a four-hour and ten-minute call. <laughs> so we did not go to bed on time, but it was fun.
0: <laughs> As it often happens in EYP. Now, the only question on my mind is, did you come to a conclusion? Can fish swim in milk?
1: Yes, okay, so there's, there was three big questions. Can fish swim in milk? Yes, they can. Can they see in milk? No, they cannot. And can they survive in milk? No, they cannot. (laughs) So we're discussing the big, big questions here at EYP. We also had a a very interesting question. If you have two lasagnas and you put them on top of each other, do you have one lasagna or two? (laughs) We didn't reach a conclusion for that one.
0: (laughs) My definitive answer for that one, even though I'm not Italian. Two lasagnas stacked on top of each each other, like one giant lasagna. I will hear no different answer to this one. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And quickly, before we wrap up, do you want to shout out anybody? Do you have your committee catchphrase ready? Do you want to have anything else you want to share with our listeners?
1: I would just like to shout out all my committee and Sander, our chair, because he is an amazing chair. So good. So encouraging and I think everyone is laughs at our committee and all our fish puns
0: so they are laughing with you not at you
1: (laughs) it makes it all enjoyable so I'd like to thank my committee for bringing the pun
0: game (laughs) it's been fantastic (laughs) amazing last words thank you so much for being here and I hope you get to enjoy the rest of the session that's still left (laughs) Thank you for having me. I am here joined today by Tenny. Hi, Tenny.
2: Hi, Um, I'm Tenny. I'm 16 and I'm from Ireland and I'm on the Cult Committee. So the Committee for Education and Cultural Affairs. And um, so my favourite thing that happened yesterday. Well, I joined the health debates in the morning and I thought that was really interesting and it was something that i was quite looking forward to from the activities because i thought this would be especially with covid and everything it was just nice to kind of talk about these current health issues and how we can help and then later on in the evening we had a concert type thing and we had a painting kind of sketching areas of italy and i thought that was actually my favorite part of the entire culture day because Obviously, with it being digital, we don't get to be in Milan right now, which is really upsetting. But the organising team has done such a great job of bringing Milan to my bedroom for me and making it such a fun experience. Uh, are you are you much of an artist? No, it was actually terrible. But I saw, some people had some really good ones and I was like, well, budding artists here at EYP. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ah, That's lovely to hear because mine
2: didn't... Uh turn out that great either let me just say that maybe outside of um the culture date yesterday in my actual committee we went through things like ga procedure and it was really fun and we got to read our finished resolution and we've been working so hard over the past couple of days so for it to be in print and finished was really good and i was so excited for today and here we are
0: it's it's so rewarding to see your finished work like this is today General Assembly is when all your work really comes to shine.
2: Yeah, um, our committee is first tomorrow morning, so I'm excited for that. But it was really interesting, like because there are new aspects of the whole GA thing. And like me personally, I've never actually done amendments, which is funny because um, I've only ever like been at a session where you do amendments as like an organizer. But things like amendments, the aim, which I think is really really cool, because. It's not just about looking at problems, finding solutions, like you get to see, OK, what do we actually want to do about it? What's our final goal at the end of the day? And I really like it, like this whole new GA procedure, even because instead of seeds, are really cool. So I'm excited to do ours tomorrow.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. And also, this is just a much more constructive way of solving a problem. So I really look forward to hearing everybody's ideas and how they will implement it.
2: Yeah, I'm honestly so excited. I can't believe the session is coming to an end, but I don't want to think about that now because it's been such an amazing experience.
0: Time flies, but we got to live in the moment.
2: Perfect life advice.
0: Cheesy, but sometimes applicable. And on that note, Penny, thank you so much for being here and thank you so much for your kind and loving words.
3: Hello my name is Becca and this is Milano Time Capital Podcast. This very podcast shall be a part of a project that is being implemented at the Milano International Session. This project will be creating bridges between the past, present, and the future with the purpose of evaluating the path which the entire network had walked through. I and my co-media team member Marichka are working hard to bring Milano Time Capital to life. Thus, Keep an eye on EWEB networks as well as Milano 2021's website, Facebook and Instagram pages so that you'll be able to dive in and explore more about early days of EYP with us. Hi everyone, my name is Becca and this is Milano Time Capsule podcast and our guest today is going to be Bajana Wolburn, who was a delegate at the international session in Milan back in 1995. Hello Bajana, how are you and can you also quickly introduce yourself?
4: Hi Becca, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm doing as well as anybody can be uh, during the pandemic. I'm actually an assistant professor at Smith College in the United States and I teach Middle East politics.
3: Amazing! Uh, it is really good to hear that even after all these years, you find some time to join us uh, back to the WAP world. I wanted to ask at Milano International Session back in 1995, is there any chance you remember in which committee you were in, or what were the subject of the committee?
4: I think I was in the committee on the principle of subsidiarity. So essentially, the committee was which is really funny because I didn't fully understand what that particular concept even meant. But the idea was to essentially delegate more power to the local level, right? Mm-hmm. So that instead of, you know, kind of e- Europe, the European Union rule being like, you know, centralized in and around Brussels and what have you, the idea was that there would be much more like, you know, local self-government within any kind of a future EU. And so that's what subsidiarity was all all about at the time. And in some respects still is, you know, it's, it's fascinating because now we're actually seeing these same kind of trends come to the fore, right? There's lots of petitions for more local self-governments, not just within the EU, but elsewhere. But at the time, this was something that was actually being kind of embraced as to maybe this should be the m of a future of what the European Union should look like. That there should be much more local self-government. So not even regional, but local. That there should be communication and more coordination between let's say, you know, re- local, regional governments uh, between, let's say, Spain and I don't know France, or or between, like, you know, Spain and Italy, right? So we're talking about smaller cities and municipalities. That there should be actually more communication between them than, let's say, between capital cities.
3: That should have been really interested. Even in back in those days, even EU would look very re- really different than the people, the mindset, and everything. On top of that, to keep on talking about the session, what was your highlight? If you remember any nice story that you can recall from the Milan session?
4: Oh, are so many good stories. Uh, honestly, it was a really good group of people. We were fairly diverse. And, you know, for us, especially coming in from like, you know, Croatia, right? Uh, we had, you know, declared our independence in 1991. And for all practical purposes, you know, I think that we went to this session It must have been sometime in the winter of 1995, so technically we were still in a state of war. So for us, it was even great to be invited, right, to be actually part of uh, EYP at the time. And it was just nice seeing so many of our colleagues from other European countries and to even be recognized as part of Europe. (laughs) So it was... uh, it was, it was great. There was, you know, a lot of camaraderie. We really enjoyed the team building exercises. There are all sorts of funny little songs that we sang. Um, oh my God. They're really, really silly songs, but we enjoyed them. And of course there was a, I mean, it was Milano. So it was a really fun time in terms of the nightlife as well. It was, it was great. A very, I think a lot of us kept in contact for quite a few years after that.
3: That is really good to hear. Even this The good thing that I can remember right now is that even after all these years, the games and the songs and stuff which was played back in 1995 are still part of us even in 2021 and uh, some of the games we just played back then are still really active nowadays.
4: That's probably because Shamal is still part of the organization too. So like, you know, there's like a legacy going on. Uh, I can't believe it's been so long. Oh my gosh.
3: <laughs> yes, he uh we also reached out to Shamal the other day and he also he is actually one of the greatest UI peers. He attended over 100 UAP sessions, which is oh totally insane. That's,
4: that's that yeah, that's a Guinness record right there. <laughs>
3: Yeah, definitely. Now, on contrary, actually, what do you think now about the session? So this is the session, Milan 2021, after 26 years uh, of the hosting first international session in the city of Milan, what do you think now about the digital format? What are your emotions, your impressions about it?
4: I mean, I think it's necessary considering COVID, right? But the other side of it is that you know, it allows participation uh, especially for, you know, students who are coming in from countries that are slightly, they're not as rich, right? Or for, they're coming in from low income communities. It does allow for participation in a way that sometimes EYP in general doesn't just because it's pretty expensive. In our case, I remember in 1995, we actually got funding for the state to, from, from Croatia, right? And I think the open society as well to actually go to EYP but I know in subsequent years it got you know you know very expensive for a lot of us to actually travel to EYP locations, right? So um, the virtual format actually has its opportunities and its pitfalls. I mean, the the pitfall is it's a lot more fun engaging in these kind of collective team building activities. If you're there, the camaraderie is real. Like I said, I stayed in contact for, I mean, I'm still in contact with a lot of EYPers to be perfectly honest. Usually through social media, in some cases personally. Yeah, I even met a colleague of mine from Switzerland, I think, three or four years ago. He's actually, I think, a nuclear physicist in Switzerland, and I met him, Nick Berger, shout out Nick, um, at a conference in DC, which is crazy, because I'm a political scientist, and he's a nuclear physicist, and yet we still met for coffee in in DC. Anyway, that's beside the point. But the virtual format has its own opportunities, right? Is that, you know, it allows a lot more people to participate. There's a a record of it as well. And I think there's some there are other ways that you can sort of make virtual formats more fun and engaging. And I suspect for your generation, this is like a lot more common, right? Than for my generation where, you know, Zoom, <laughs> like we, we still don't know how to Zoom properly or engage in social media properly. So I figure it's old hat, right? There were more opportunities for using TikTok part of, as part of this platform too. But I, I hope to see EYP transition back into in-person like meetings and
3: debates. Precisely, even though we found digital platforms and digital tools very useful because it is really good for the outreach and for the inclusion of the network. Uh, we're still about to prepare for the transitions to the physical session and we're actually really keen on to see and face the challenges or whatsoever is going to be um, during this transition because we actually have the whole new generation who have attended all the digital sessions that never attended physical sessions.
4: Oh wow okay yeah that's true I didn't even think about that so yeah. I mean it it's much more common. It's the same thing right now with teaching, right? You've got like, you know, generations that are now really used to online teaching in a way that it just wasn't like, you know, conventional when I was certainly a student. (laughs) So.
3: Amazing. And now I see that there is like, it's been so long and people since uh, 1995 have gone all around the world and now you're in the USA. And with that, I want to ask you, how did EYP affect your life or your working job or what skills did it provide to you?
4: So I, I think that EYP really had a profound effect on me. Uh, I think I was maybe 15 or 16 when uh, I was invited to participate, which was you know quite the honor at the time. I had never really thought of myself as a political person, even though, you know, I'm, I'm bilingual and I'm binational and my father's American and my mother was Croatian. And like I said before, we were we were literally uh, in wartime during this, this period. But I don't know, meeting with so many people, like, you know, especially in these institutions of governance within the context of Italy, right? And meeting so many just vibrant young individuals who were, adamant about you know, questions of justice, questions of politics. We're really, really informed about the world surrounding them in a way that I didn't even anticipate, to be honest, even though I had tried to prepare for what this might look like. It was just a whole different ballgame than what I expected. I think it really forced me to sort of up my game in terms of the way I presented myself and the way I thought about the world. I think it was probably the first time I saw myself as a more cosmopolitan participant in it. And I don't think it's an accident that later on I would literally train to be a political scientist and now I'm a professor of political science who focuses on Middle East politics. So not the European Union, right? But it allowed me to maybe explore some of the interests that I had and some of the facets of my life that I hadn't thought about before. And it got me interested in debate in a really meaningful way. So I did join a local debate club afterwards, yet again, through the Open Society. And you know, with EYP, I just sort of extended my reach at a time when especially my country, Croatia, was really closed off, right? So for us, especially as young people, it was huge to, first of all, be able to debate questions and, like, you know, issues of the day. But secondly, also reach out to other individuals in Europe who are our age and who were sort of thinking about the same issues at the time.
3: It is so interesting to hear and, like, really good to see that you have really change the lives of so many people. And even in my example, after being... In voting YP around three years, I look mm-hmm. at the things from totally different perspectives and even like the goals and future objectives, which I want to have try- achieve pretty changed, I would say. <laughs>
4: No, I, I, I mean, again, I, I, I really thought I was gonna be, a, of all things, a chemist or something along those lines. But it's those interactions and those friendships really propelled me forward in a different career and also allowed me to contemplate maybe studying abroad. Uh, pretty much all of my cohort that was with me, I think they all wound up working abroad, uh, the Croatian cohort. My, my colleague Ivona is like, as a, how do you say it, an anesthesiologist in Sweden. My colleague Domogoy wound up working in the corporate arena, I think, in uh, the United Arab Emirates. My colleague. Oh my God, I'm spacing on her name. <laughs> but another colleague wound up being a lawyer in, I I believe in Strasbourg, right? In in France. Amazing. And who else? Who else was Zora? Uh, one of our colleagues who was, I, I, ironically, probably one of the most international of all of us. She spoke seven languages. Zora, uh, she actually started up like you know a woman's portal in Croatia that's now gaining traction in other areas as well. So in one way or another, whether we decided to you know move abroad. Or actually stay home. And then co- my colleague Sanya worked in Hungary as. I think a regional ma- manager for MasterCard, right? And I think she's back home in Croatia now too. But most of us have had experiences living and working outside of Croatia at this point. And I'm not sure that that would necessarily have been in the cards without the EYP experience and without how the way that it broadened our sense of ourselves and our capacities. And in some respects, even of our country at the time, right? That it wasn't just this little you know, place in the Balkans that was being overrun at the time.
3: Exactly. And as a last question, I would like to ask something about, well, present participants of Milana 2021. What would be your message to the delegates or generally also to the participants of this session now in the digital format?
4: Just to be intentional about what you do moving forward into the future and to basically kind of have, you know, retain this cosmopolitan sense of self and of your community. And, you know, view the world through a lens of justice and like hopefully one that's more internationalized and one that is also empathetic, right? So a lot of you will be talking about issues of governments, issues about the future of the European Union's relationship with with other countries. And I think it's always good to like, not necessarily silo yourself in the view of your country or the EU itself, but the fact that we're looking at, you know, the globe. (laughs) And, and and what that sort of connotes in terms of uh, moving forward as uh, a bigger human society. I don't know if that makes any sense, right? But, you know, uh, stay justice-oriented, like, you know, kind of stay motivated, like, make it a better world.
3: <laughs> that totally makes sense. And I, I think that these are the messages which, like, even young people around the Europe needs right now, And even not even young people, but generally, what you need right now. Well, I'm not the part of what Georgia is not part of you, but generally, the spirit, European spirit, kind of needs those points.
4: Becca, we were in the same spot. Like you know, when I was when I was there in 1995, like the idea of Croatia being part of the EU was like so far afield and so far fetched. It's not even funny. So
3: I I I sympathize. Definitely. With that being said, I would like to thank you for joining our podcast today. It was really lovely to have a chat with you. And for listeners, thank you for listening and stay tuned for our upcoming podcasts. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for tomorrow's episode.